What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome I'm back persistent. to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job, too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Naomi Murphy. Now, Naomi is a consultant, clinical, and forensic psychologist with almost 25 years of experience working with people who have offended. Now, she's worked in prisons, hospitals, and community forensic settings and was involved in setting up the first prison mental health in reach team in England and then developed the first treatment program for men previously considered to be untreatable psychopaths in the UK. So Naomi has a lot to share with us here today. So Naomi, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. All right, Naomi, how are we feeling today? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Thank you for coming on the show today, Naomi. I am super, super, super excited to hear what you have to share with us here today because I don't think we have had anybody quite like you before on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right into that question that everybody has been waiting for. And that is why? Why, Naomi? Why did you become a psychologist? (laughs) Yeah, good question. So I guess I've always been curious about what makes people tick, um, what makes people work. And I was always drawn to trying to understand people that seem to be at the extremes of society. So as a teenager, I was really interested in reading all those crime books and trying to figure out how could somebody do something that seemed totally incomprehensible to me so ultimately I think a lot of it is about being nosy you know Mm. being nosy (laughs) and wanting wanting to ask nosy questions of people and figure out how they work Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I love that answer right there Naomi I love that answer and Naomi this is what I'm gonna do I want to really know what your process was like so take me back to step one right now you are at the top of the totem pole you have 25 years of experience but take me back 25 years ago to when you first were starting out and what your process was like to get you here to what the position that you're in today. Yeah, um, well, I I didn't know that I wanted to be a psychologist when I was growing up, that's for sure. In fact, Mm. I came from a very working class family. So my ideas about what you could do, I kind of had a sense I might want to go to university because I was always a bit of a geek at school and enjoyed studying and learning. Mm. And but I suppose the kind of jobs I thought you could do with a degree would be things like being a teacher, being a lawyer, being an accountant. and, And none of those really appealed really appealed to me um and so I'd applied to do history at university apart from at one place where I applied to do psychology and I thought I don't want to be a history teacher and it's that I think if you come from a working class family you don't really you tend to have that you often don't have that sense of vision of what you can do with a degree so I ended up I'm just going to go with this random psychology card and started doing the psychology degree and found it absolutely fascinating. Mm. Um, and whilst I, what I was drawn to during my psychology degree was all the stuff that was labelled abnormal psychology. So it was about learning about things like psychosis, um, learning about anxiety and depression, quite enjoyed social psychology as well. But, you know, I was really drawn to things that were perceived as illness, if you like, and trauma. Mm. Mm. 
I love that answer right there. I love that answer. And what I'm going to do is ask you to bring it back for me one more time. I know you told me, you know, what your beginning was like, but now I'm going to ask you, what do you think were some childhood hobbies and habits that matriculated into what you do today? That is, a, I mean, that's a really good question, Kojo. I think, mm. um, I mean, it's a good job that I enjoy reading because there is a significant amount of paperwork in a job, you know, writing reports. Um, but but also needing to be needing to enjoy learning, being curious about people, figuring mm. things out. And I think also being uh, you have to kind of like be good at not just taking things at face value, but be willing mm. to kind of like dig in a bit deeper. Mm. Always really liked people um I'm a really sociable person and so enjoy kind of like sitting and talking you know if I was to get told off in school it would generally be for talking in class Mm -hmm, um uh and so actually you know that conversing with people is was was for me you know a key part of the job and then like as I said before interested in crime um kind of like things about the extreme parts of life people that were very I had a very ordinary upbringing Mm -hmm. and so I was quite curious about people that had very different different things and also I had quite a religious upbringing and Mm -hmm. my family both my parents were both very religious and Mm -hmm. for me then it was like trying to make sense of bringing in that compassion and curiosity you know being being curious in a compassionate way and not making judgments about people but trying to see that how could someone end up on this very different path where perhaps they've ended up killing somebody um mm. to someone like myself where you know it was very hard to relate to that mm, i love that answer right there naomi i absolutely love that answer especially the part where you said you know you you got in trouble a lot for for talking during class and now your talking is the thing that pays you the most So I love that. I love that. I love that because a lot of kids right now are getting in trouble for for their talents and skills. But really, their talents and skills are the things that are going to propel them into their future. So I love that right there, Naomi. Now, this is what I want from you. This is what I want from you. I know you described for me what your childhood was like, but what is an average day like for you now? Well, I suppose part of what I like about my job is the fact that it is very, very varied. So um, even though there might be some some regular activities that occur within my day, like so I do a lot of individual therapy. So I do assessments of, of people for parole board hearings, for instance. So assessments of how dangerous they are, whether they're whether they've reduced their risk, whether they should have the chance to have more freedom. I also offer individual therapy and where I work, we focus on. Um, helping men sort of heal their childhood trauma before mm. then going on to address what you know looking at their offending behaviors so the way that they've hurt other people mm. um, do group therapy and group therapy in the unit that I work in is quite a challenge because the men that come to our service they would all describe themselves as loners at the start of treatment they really don't want to sit in a room with eight other people and by the middle of treatment they're kind of like really supportive of one another but it's such a massive u-turn from where they were at the start mm. and a big part of what I have to do is manage hostility so these are people who've been hurt and abused during childhood so they're quite fearful of authority figures but because they don't want to show their vulnerability they present in ways that are really macho you know I've been told to fuck off more times than I would care to um, Mm -hmm. 
care, care to wish for um mm. but a lot of that is about putting up a big macho front and actually mm. there's somebody that's quite hurt beneath that mm. so it's about trying to see beyond the aggression and trying to see what function is that aggressive behavior serving and actually generally it's people are finding ways to protect themselves mm. 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 And, and then alongside that i'm supervising um, the work of people who are junior to me so helping them reflect on the impact of the work on them helping them perhaps see the work that they're doing from from another angle so maybe somebody has told them to get lost in less polite terms and um, they might be feeling quite hurt by how they've been spoken to and mm. to help them figure out that the, what what might be the reason for that behavior um, then also might be developing a management plan for somebody who's presenting with challenging behaviour and that might be manage, you know, being very aggressive or it might be that they're self-harming and helping staff figure out how to manage the person's behaviour in order to keep them safe. So obviously I work in a high secure prison and what happens is the men that come to our service often behave in ways that are quite extreme and could lead to them being in segregation for quite a long time. Mm. And if I suppose if somebody, if the staff member responds in a, what the temptation is in prison is for the staff member to also behave aggressively to kind of intimidate the person into being quieter. Mm. But actually what you end up then with is an escalation. Whereas when staff start using their skills to try and be curious with the person about where the, why they're behaving like this, it really diffuses the situation and it means it can be resolved by talk. So that that you can have a really powerful impact by helping mm. staff try different ways of being. Mm. Um, training staff and some of that might be formal training about, you know, the kind of work that we do. But a lot of the a lot of the training is done in informal contact. So standing around chatting with staff about what's going on also making yourself accessible to the patients to the prisoners so if the prisoners are naturally quite fearful and suspicious of you the more that they can see of you interacting looking like you're interested in actually building up a relationship with them the more inclined they are to to start talking to you to start opening up so there's a big emphasis on those kind of like little social interactions that don't mm. look like you're doing anything meaningful but actually play a huge role in terms of helping you build up a relationship with somebody who's spent most of their adulthood really been quite frightened of engaging with other people mm, mm, mm. and i absolutely i cannot have answered that question any better myself naomi especially that part right there when you were talking about how hurt people hurt people Especially yes. the people who at who who are the scariest, the people who look the scariest, who mean mug you the worst, who who are the nastiest to you and don't even know you, they're the most scared. They're Absolutely. the most scared. The the scariest people, the people who look the scariest on the outside are really just trying to protect themselves from everybody else because they're they're scared themselves. So don't be scared. So I love that, Naomi. I absolutely love that. Now, Naomi, here's what I'm gonna do. I want to ask you what you enjoy the most about your job. Um, the, the human connection. So, you know, working with with emotions, helping people be their true selves, I think, because all of us, I think, aspire to be the real the real me. And mm. uh, if people get hurt, then they can end up quite disconnected from who the real me is or they've had messages that tell them that the real me is you know worthless or mm -hmm. only deserving of of bad treatment that is never going to fit in and belong and so actually mm -hmm. helping people learn that actually they do have a worth and that they can 
be a meaningful person and contribute something useful to society so mm. working with the emotions that goes with that I you know I love things that are emotional so when I'm watching films or reading books I'm more drawn to something that's going to make me feel a powerful emotion whether that be you know that might be like really funny something really really funny or really really sad but I like mm. to experience those emotions at the extreme mm. and also I really enjoy the sharing of ideas and in in the job that I'm in I'm learning something new all the time so even though I've been a psychologist for so long I'm still learning new things I'm really learning from the people that I interact with the people that that I'm helping are also teaching me about the ways of the world and you know learning get these new insights all the time and that's just an amazing part of the job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that answer right there but of course the back end of that question is what do you enjoy the least oh, of course well absolutely the paperwork you know yeah. uh, and and the paperwork when you're writing reports it can be a little bit like helping some helping somebody share their story and that part is really beneficial and it's not uncommon you know when you write a report for parole where you've explained the person's life and how they've come to behave in the way they are it's not unusual for the person who's the, that it's about to burst into tears because they feel seen and understood for the first time um, but actually it takes a you know it could take like best part, best part of a week to write that mm. sometimes you feel like you're engaged in petty bureaucracy um, so in the UK if you work for the public sector uh, you know for the state you often you've heard of key performance indicators right so mm-hmm. kind of like targets that often feel like they take a huge amount of time and they're not really proving anything at all you know Mm. feel quite pointless Mm. um but I also think that my job brings you up against social inequality and that is that can be really disturbing when you see how for instance people of colour end up much bigger numbers of them than within society are in prison Mm. um when you see the role that poverty plays and Mm -hmm. so actually it can really make you feel quite angry at times in terms Mm. of people what chance did people have um Mm -hmm. it isn't a case of we're not all born equal and Mm. the the family and the place in society that somebody's born into their family's Mm. heritage all of that can play a part in how somebody's life pans out ahead of them and Mm. with them you know not being as responsible as they might look on the surface for it so Mm. that that sense of social inequality can can really be quite grating. Mm, mm, mm. So in your a little bit of your job is social justice. I love that. I absolutely love that. And Naomi, this next question right here is my absolute favorite question. And that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Right. Well, to some degree they do, because psychology is a very competitive line of work to get into, certainly in the certainly in the United Kingdom. So mm-hmm. you do have to be good. At, you do need to be able to get good grades. However, I would say that psychology is a career that you can come to later in life. So actually, mm-hmm. if you messed up at school, there's no reason why you can't go back to studying later on. And mm-hmm. actually, life experience really counts a lot. So people can get really hung up you know when you're kind of like leaving school people can get really hung up on wanting to get a good job earn some money feel mm-hmm. like they're on a solid career path mm-hmm. and actually psychology is one of those careers you can come to much later in life you know a friend of mine is about to train as a clinical psychologist and she's almost 50 and mm-hmm. you know her life experience will contribute enormously towards making her a good a good psychologist mm. 
but also there are parts of my job that also get done by people in other roles so you know for instance a teacher a prison officer uh, a coach a mentor um, a nurse occupational therapist they share some similarities in terms of what they do and therapists obviously don't need mm. to have an academic uh, they don't need grades um, behind them but mm. you know actually if you're not the most academic of individuals then choose a way to do some of the things some of the aspects of psychology um, mm. like for instance the threshold for nursing is, is a bit lower so look at you think about what it is about the job that you that appeals to you and see if there's a way that you could actually get some of that experience develop some of those skills and make use of the the thing that interests you most without having to go down the, the line of a doctorate for instance mm, mm. I agree with you completely I agree with you completely Naomi I absolutely love that answer now I'm gonna break down this next question for you just a little bit just because this word gets tossed around a little willy-nilly and that is what do you feel your impact is and when I say impact I mean what is your devotion what are you devoted to yeah, that's a great question, and, and nice to be asked such thought-provoking questions. Actually, KJ, quite different to, to to some of the questions I've been asked at times. I suppose that ultimately, at an individual level, we as human beings, there is a basic human need. We all want to be seen and have someone who gets us. Mm. And therapy, being in therapy, good therapy, should mm. allow you to have that experience. And when you're working with people who've often felt very misunderstood and felt like nobody's been interested in getting getting them at all mm. actually there's a real there's a hugely privileged and humbled to be able to mm. have that kind of, of of impact on people and helping people fulfill their true potential so enabling them to be their real me um mm. which you know lots of people even people who, who haven't offended don't actually ever fulfill that that sense of being their real real me and and I suppose for me, it's it's important to be generous, spirited and kind. And I have a job that enables me to do that and plays on those strengths, those strengths in me. Mm, mm, mm. And I absolutely love your job, Naomi, because it reminds me a lot of mine. It reminds me a lot of mine, Naomi. I absolutely love it. And Naomi, you have been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long. But we are down to that last one. And that is... If there was one, just one piece of advice for somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would it be? Well, I don't think this just applies to anyone wanting to be a psychologist. Actually, I think I would give this advice to anyone um, mm. thinking about their, their future is do something that you're passionate about. And that mm. fits with the authentic you, because I, I hate it when I hear people say, oh, you don't you don't um, you don't live to work. You you know, you don't work to live. You live, live to work. Mm. And um and I think, oh, that's so right. You need to do something that, that you're really passionate about because actually you're probably going to be spending about 40 hours a week doing this for mm -hmm. four decades. So mm -hmm. make sure that you're doing something that you really enjoy and that you feel adds value to your own life as well mm -hmm. as value to other people in society. Mm -mm -mm. I cannot agree with you more. And again, Naomi has been an excellent, excellent, excellent guest all interview long. But Naomi, I'm going to need one more thing from you before you go. And okay. really, I don't care if it's a website, social media link, even a book, something that I can leave down in the link in the description below so that my audience can reach yours. Please promote and shout it out now. Oh, thank you. That's that's great. I'm on Twitter as 
at NM Psychologist, but I also host a podcast myself called Locked Up Living, which is about the criminal justice system. And I would, I would encourage people to listen to that if they're inclined to think about a career in, in forensic psychology. Mm-hmm. And that is Locked Up Living. Locked Up Living. That is going to be down there in the link in the description below. Please hit that link below because Naomi, again, has been an excellent, excellent, excellent guest all interview long, and we must thank her once again. Now, folks, as you know, there are three types of work, a job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling, and I really hope that me and Naomi helped you find it here today, folks. That is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at YI Network for episode updates, weekly takeaways, quotes of the week, and much, much more. And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen, I never give up, I'm not quitting